Hello everybody, welcome back to the second episode of the week. Uh, in today's episode, well, I'm introduce my partners, uh, same as every week, my, my boys Gerald and Addison. Yes sir. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, so this week, uh, well this week, this second episode of the week, we're going to be talking about uh, the Cardinals. Uh, last episode, we went over the month of April, uh, and yeah, it's just, just time to get back to the Cardinals in recent weeks. Um, we're going to go over some series that we've missed, because uh, we weren't able to do an episode last week, um, our confidence meter, of course, and then we'll just wrap it up with uh, some predictions and some players we want to talk about. So let's get started. Um, yeah, so let's jump right into the L.A. Dodgers series. This is where the losing streak started. Um, how'd you guys see that series? Uh, so, you know, the Cardinals kind of been slumping recently. Um, I know that series before that, we had a four-game series against the Giants, and we only won one of those four, so we were kind of coming into the series. Um, slumping a little bit, but you know the Dodgers still a very formidable team, great baseball team. So yeah, we got swept, and it was on the road. Like I know, I know, like we don't want to see them lose, but it is a tough environment to go to in the LA stadium. Um, they have attendance, like as much as the Cardinals do, their fans are really passionate. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say really about it. Um, thing. I don't know. It was a really disappointing series. I thought they, they might have been able to steal one, maybe two, and to come away with nothing, you know, was uh, really discouraging. Yeah. Uh, just based on what I saw on the series, I think our offense – wasn't doing very good. The first game we scored three runs. The second game we scored zero, and then the last game we scored three. So the offense was kind of getting shut down by the pitching a little bit. I remember Kershaw pitched against us, and he had a perfect game going. So yeah, not really what you want to see, but you know, as of late they've been picking it back up. But it was tough for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um especially when Kershaw is pitching a perfect game in the sixth inning. Um, yeah, moving on to the other L.A. team, the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, I'll let Addison go in on this one because I know he attended one of these games. So uh, what you think, Addison? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I went to the last game of the series. Um, they lost 7-11, uh, to 11, and I think the box score makes that game look a lot more respectable than it actually was because they were down 11 runs by the fourth inning. Uh, oh, no, wait, they scored two in the first. So they were down, they were down uh, 11 to 2 by the top of the fourth, and then they got three back to go 11 to 5, and then they squeaked off a couple runs in the sixth. But um, that was a pretty jarring experience for me. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, this is the first time I'd ever seen the home crowd um, boo 
the Cardinals in Bush. I've never like when Ollie came out and took the ball from. Um, I think Flaherty was on the mound that day. That yeah, yeah, well, he got taken out yeah, the second inning. Flaherty. Yeah, the third inning. Yeah, when when um, when Flaherty got the ball taken from him, the whole home crowd was booing. It was kind of insane. I'd never really seen Cardinal fans boo um, home team like that before. I, you know, obviously I'd seen them boo the Cubs, and you know, I'm not saying that Bush doesn't boo, but like. The the disappointment from the home crowd was was really jarring, and it's sort of jarring. In fact, I actually texted my dad uh, during the game, and I was like, I can't remember a time that you know the home crowd booed. I'll actually hold on. Let me see what he said because he said that first of all, I don't think the Cardinals have had this bad of a start uh, in our lifetime of twenty years. Yeah. Um. Hold on, let me scroll back and find these texts. Quick. Yeah, okay. Um, He says the last time he remembers them being this bad was the late 90s. Um, So that's why, like, obviously it wouldn't be something that I would remember. Um, So, yeah, I mean, really, that was, that was, yeah, that was brutal. Um, Just to see. based, Based on the way that the team has been performing lately, like, I knew that the series would be tough. Like, I feel like the Dodgers overall are a better team than the Angels, but the Angels obviously still were a good team, and we had to face Shohei that series, and I was looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I never heard the the Bush fans boo the Cardinals, and it's just like kind of – they're kind of reacting to how the team's been doing lately. Like, a lot of fans think it's poorly managed, and a lot of teams are wondering what Ali is doing with the lineup card and calling players out. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Cardinals have high expectations, man. Like, we've always been good, and we haven't had a losing season in a long time. So the fans, they truly care, and you know you're going to get that from our fan base. Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah, like that it, game. It also is. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like that game was, like, such a repre- representation of, like, what's going on with our team. Yeah. Because, like, that game, yeah. like, nobody really did much besides Newt Bar uh, in that game, which he went 4 for 5. And then Flirty just pitched 2.1 innings with ter- 10 earned runs, which is crazy. I mean... Yeah. I mean, we put up we put up seven runs, but the game was over by the fourth inning. Like, like, like Addison said, they were up ten or eleven by the fourth inning. Like, your your offense is good, but you can't expect your offense to come back down eleven. Obviously, that's not really realistic. So yeah, it just kind of felt like they were they got their soul snatched like early on in the game, and then they tried to recover, but. It was too little too late, honestly. I think also something that's indicative of uh, how how it, it had been going is um, the very next game, the the Friday, Friday night game. There's a Friday night game in St. Louis, and you had 4,000 less fans than you did on a Thursday noon game. Was, I mean, like... I can't. I can't remember a time seeing Bush that empty on a Friday night. Like typically, those are sold out games. But yeah, 
Friday night. Uh, I mean, maybe because it was the Detroit, uh, Detroit Tigers, but I mean, for sure, I would have personally thought that was the series we were gonna start bouncing back on. Um, yeah, but I mean, we kind of did bounce back in the third game. I guess we broke those seven-game losing streak against the Tigers. Um, lost the first game five to four. Lost the second game in extras, uh, six to five. And then we finally won in the third game, twelve to six. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't got much to say about that series. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the uh, the one game that we had, uh, I think we blew the lead because of our pitching. I don't remember which game it was, but this kind of just like a representation of what's going on with the team right now. The pitching we know is the weak weak part of the team, and. With the Angels, they kind of were exposing us with that. Like, they scored 11 against us. And then the Tigers, they're they're arguably a top five worst team in baseball. They're still scoring five runs on us, six runs, and six. So, yeah. When the offense, when the offense comes ready to play, then we're going to do good. But, you know, the pitching. Yeah, that second game, hold up. we were up. Well, we were up three. Three zero, and then they tied it in the fifth, and yeah. then we went up two, and then they scored one in the sixth and the seventh, and then one in the tenth. So kind of s- slowly let them take it, honestly. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess the offense just—I don't know. I feel like it for me. What I keep getting out of these games, especially on that losing streak or a little earlier on, was that we tend to score first. Uh, but then it just slowly gets away from us because, as we said multiple times, and I'm tired of saying it, but it's the pitching. And, yeah, it just seems like our starters can't really go more than five to six innings. Yeah. Well, now, uh, go talk about the most recent series, uh, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, it's always nice playing them, uh, especially because the the rivalry there. Um, we finally won a series. I think winning that first game was very big. Um, I think that's the one of the most important games to win um, in the series, probably the most important. Uh, but it was nice getting the best of Marcus Stroman, even though we I mean, we only scored two against him, but he's also having a really good season right now. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that was a nice thing to see, especially winning that first and second game. Yeah, in the first game, we had Michaelis go four innings, and he gave up a run. But besides that, no one else gave up a run for our pitching staff. When you can hold a team to one run and you have an offense as good as us, you know, we can put up three runs pretty easy. Um. Yeah, that's that's the type of games that you like to see the Cardinals win. Those low scoring games, but the offense can still do enough to uh, help the pitching staff. But then I feel like the most exciting game of the series was Game Two when Paul DeYoung hit the home run to take the lead. That was exciting for me to see and. I definitely feel like the Paul DeYoung hype train is on. Hey, <laughs> he hasn't slowed down yeah. at all, man. Yeah, no, no, I've been really pleasantly surprised by that. 
Yeah, he. You can tell he's locked in, and I love it. Um, yeah, but yeah, overall too. the the offense in that game was exciting. I think we had three guys hit home runs. Yeah, Nolan Gorman and Newbar also hit a home run. Nolan Gorman's home run was like opposite field. Love to see that. And then Newbar, he crushed his home run like halfway up the bleachers. So, yeah. Offense came to play today, but the last game, I didn't watch it, but they put up 10 against us. So, yeah, that's tough. But excited to win the series, though. You know, once you really start winning series, you know, you really start turning things around. Yeah. I to win a division series, too. True. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really get to watch last night's game. Um, but, I mean, I looking at the lineup, I uh, kind of thought we might have been able to take it, especially because Montgomery was on the mound. Um, yeah. But he did get he did get shelled five innings with six earned runs, um, only three strikeouts, which is, I mean, he usually gets around six. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about winning a series, obviously. Uh because of how the season's been going. Um, yeah, and we haven't won a series in so long, like 10 or 11 series, so yeah, get to finally say that we won one. Speaking of uh, Paul DeYoung, I do want to get into him a little bit here. Uh, I mean, people didn't want him to come up once again, uh, especially I know Addison is not a big fan yeah, of Paul DeYoung. I wasn't a, I wasn't a uh, what, you, what you got to say about that, Addison? Why? I mean, pleasantly surprised. I was rooting for him. Like, I just, I, I've seen over the last three or four years when he comes up and then he starts off hot and then he drops back off to batting 180. So, I mean, you know, I, I was hesitant. I was reluctant. But I, I think, you know, I'm glad he's proving me wrong. You know? Yeah. Me personally, like I told you guys, like I noticed the swing change, but I know with him, he's been through so many different swing changes, quote unquote, like over the past few years after his injuries and after his all-star season. So I wasn't too sure how it was going to go, but hey, he he's doing great so far. He His OPS is over a thousand right now, which is always like, that's, that's like MVP level production, so. Yeah, he's looking good for me. Yeah, I mean, hitting three sixty four in 13 games. Nothing to complain yeah. about. Um, and yeah, he's also you know. got good defense, um, as we all know. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's excellent, but it's Cardinals defense, so that's how it is. Um, and also, with him hitting 300, over 300, he also is hitting clutch hits, like that home run we talked about. Um, yeah. Which... You know, sometimes we need that spark or some something or someone to do something to get everybody else going. And I mean, he hit the home run, and then Kishner hit a double to score Carlson. Um, so yeah, 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 it's good, man, to see him doing good. It's been so long since he's actually done super good for a while. So yeah, it's good to see. Uh, now I have some things, um, recent news I want to talk about. Um, Wainwright made his debut against the Tigers, finally. Um, it's, I think, personally, I think it's nice to have him back, just to have that leadership in there. Um, even just a veteran having, especially 
Wainwright uh, being in there. Uh, I'm glad he's back. As much as maybe he won't be the Wainwright we all know, um, I'm not going to complain about him being back. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he yeah, looked yeah. that bad against the Tigers anyways. Yeah, we all know he's probably not an ace anymore, but he's definitely a guy you can rely on to go out there and get you some innings. Um, he pitched five innings and he had five strikeouts, which is a pretty good rate, but he did give up eight hits and four runs, which, you know, it's, it's kind of on par with where our guys have been, like giving up three, four, five runs. But like you said, having that leadership in the clubhouse and just having them around maybe – of another veteran guy that can help the pitching staff with some things. It was good to have around. Yeah, I think I think Wayno um at the very least is just good for the locker room uh presence, clubhouse presence, I guess. Um but yeah, I, I don't um I don't know how much we can rely on him to, or how much him coming back is going to, you know, help the overarching issue of pitching. So, yeah, yeah. With the recent news of, you know, some of the blame put being put on Contreras, maybe, um, especially now that he's getting moved away from being a catcher, uh, which is very interesting because we paid a lot of money for him. To be that catcher, to be that guy who replaces Yachty. Um, and I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, especially recently, now that Contreras, this whole thing about Contreras is going on, Wainwright seems to be there for Contreras. And I did read th- some stuff that they both have sat down together multiple times to talk, and Contreras seems to be very, very appreciative of Wainwright uh, in that sense. Uh, but I don't know how good it'll be or how good it'll do to move Contreras away from being a catcher, even though he wasn't drafted as a catcher. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think the situation is kind of poorly managed from the Cardinals organization, like telling telling everyone that Contreras is going to move away from the catcher position. Like maybe you could have said he's going to take a few off days, maybe help him out with what you want him to do. but to publicly go out and say it. And then the next day they came out and said, oh, no, he's not a quarter outfielder anymore. <coughs> he, a DH. So, I don't know. It's kind of like some inconsistencies with what I read. But, um, yeah, like like you said, Wainwright, he's there to help with the morale. Like, And he's a morale booster. Like, he knows, knows about many guys and what helps certain guys so yeah talking about the being it poorly managed um it feels like the organization's been all over the place this season um with Contreras with you know us expecting Jordan Walker to be playing him getting sent down um yeah I know Addison wants to talk about the front office I'd like like to just pose a pose a question um because do we do I I forget we talk so much baseball that I forget what we talk about on the pod or not. Um, did we talk about Ollie getting fired on the pod or was that just a casual conversation we were having? I don't think we talked about it. It was casual, yeah. It was casual. Okay, so article came out the other day asking if Ollie Marmol should be on the hot seat. 
and whether or not I don't necessarily have an answer for that. I don't. I honestly don't think that um, he necessarily should be. Um, I think if anybody's going to be on the hot seat, um, it needs to be John Mozeliak. Um I think I actually think they should fire him after this year. Um, kind of wholeheartedly, I believe it's time for a GM change. Um, aside from the Nolan Arenado trade, the Paul Goldschmidt trade, which are, you know, absolute highlights of his career. And believe me, like, super happy about that we got those moves done. But, like, just looking at other things he did, I think he was responsible for the Ozuna trade, which sent Cy Young winner Alcantara away. He fired Mike Schultz six weeks after going on a 17-game win streak to... Uh, clinch a playoff berth. He was responsible for hiring and letting Mike Matheny run the the team uh, for several years. Um, I mean, you know, there was just so many, and he's been lackadaisical and just nonchalant about the pitching situation. In fact, it was early this year when he was asked, are they going to make a move to get a pitcher, he said we have five starting pitchers already, and clearly we don't. Um, so I, I just I'm getting really tired of Mo. I think he passed on the Juan Soto trade last year, which I'm not super mad about. But the rumored pieces that um, the Nationals were asking for from us, I wouldn't necessarily be mad about giving up, especially for a generational talent like Juan Soto. So. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you give him one more year and see if he can make some moves for a pitcher. You know, I think at least trying to go after a guy like Otani would be, you know, a step in the right direction. Um, I think Corbin Burns' contract is up at the end of this year, you know, something like that. But I don't know. He did pay uh, Rondon, which I don't think they should have paid Rondon what the Yankees paid him. But we missed out on him. You know, um, missed out on the Sean Murphy trade last year, uh, which I think everybody can agree that Sean Murphy is better than Contreras, at least right now. And we know that Sean Murphy can at least competently call a game. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think if anybody on the Cardinal organization should be in the hot seat, it has to be John Mozeliak. And I don't think people are talking about that enough. Yeah, well, the thing the thing is, uh, I don't think Ali deserves all the blame for what's going on. You know, he can only put the players out there in the right positions to try to succeed. You know, obviously, the players that are on the team, uh, Mosaic is responsible for like bringing those guys in. Um, you know, that was that was a long rant there, my man. But I'm I'm gonna add on to it because also also we had Zach Gallon who is yeah. on the Diamondbacks, and he he could have won Cy Young also last I think year. I think he was part of that Ozuna deal, and then they just shipped him for – did they get Jazz back for him? I'm not or was sure. That, or was Zach Gallon part of the Goldschmidt deal? I forget. I don't think he was part of the Goldschmidt deal. I don't think he was either, but uh, I think I think, just, I think we I shipped him – I thought we shipped him to Miami as part of the Ozuna deal, and then Miami got jazz for him. But regardless, yeah, 
I mean, two Cy Young, well, one won a Cy Young, and then one probably wins a Cy Young at some point in his career. Pit level yeah. pitchers. And if we still had them, we can just plug them at the top of the lineup. That'll probably be the best combination in baseball. Like, I mean, yeah, especially right now with Flaherty, who's doing pretty well. Like if you're going, if you're going Flaherty, Gallon, Alcantara, you're running away with this division easily. As much as you could say we could have that rotation, it's so hard to see the future, especially with some players. Like, there's no way he could have seen a Contra and Gallon both beside him. I mean, 100%, but at the same time, the guy in the pitching farm that they considered untouchable was Alex Reyes. Which he was good. He, I mean, didn't he break the record of most saves in a row in a season? Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, he was that guy, and, and I, I don't know if he got injured or what happened, but he... He definitely I think was fighting injuries, and I think he was good, but, I mean, you're valuing the closer, especially when you've got guys like Geo and Helsley in the farm. Like, well, I don't know, man. Well, Alex Reyes coming up was a starter. So he just he just started battling a lot of injuries. So then he got moved to reliever. But then he get like, overused. Like Fran, yeah, because by that time he had so many injuries. They were like, no, we can't have you as a starter anymore. But Fran, like you said, it's hard. It's hard to see like that happen. Like we can't see into the future. You're you're definitely right. But there's definitely been questionable things that Mosellock has done. I don't really know if he should be fired or not i definitely think he deserves more blame than what he gets but it's it's tough to say you know because like the arenado trade you know we never would have expected that the goldie trade we never would have expected it so have to give him props for that but he has definitely also made some questionable moves and he hasn't addressed the starting pitching in about four years genuinely like I never understood where the Steven Matz signing came from, really. And he his contract hasn't really worked out, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Cardinals claim to that they're a frugal franchise. You know, they believe that they're not buying championships. They're building championship teams. But then you get pay, pay a guy like Steven Matz who has battled injury, don't get me wrong, but they're paying him like $13 million a year. Yeah. Oh, no. I feel... Go ahead, go ahead. No, you can go ahead, honestly. No, I was just going to say that, I don't know, I feel like as much as I would want to blame Mo, Mo, um, I feel like the ownership has a lot to do with it. Um, I feel like the Cardinals' ownership is living, like they don't really care to spend much on the players when the fans are already paying for and the fans being most of the revenue with the team still not being as good. Because, um, you know, people are going to show up to Bush. People are going to use and go to Ballpark Village. Um, you know, there's there's a new patch on the jersey now, which is probably giving them money and, like, stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like not anytime soon anything's going to change if the ownership isn't changed. Um well, that's just me. That's what I think about it. I wouldn't blame Mo. I think, I think it better because I think Cardinals fans are going to get fed up here very soon. 
especially if this year keeps going. I think this year will be a pivotal year if the team doesn't turn things around because Cardinals fans still wait long in between World Series rings. I think the longest we've ever gone without one is like 20 years. And that was in, uh, I think the biggest gap was 1982 to 2006. But, which I mean is a little over 20 years. But we're, was it 2023 now? We're 12 years removed from a ring without even really coming close again since that. Well, I guess we we did go. uh, And like, what was that, 2014? Um, Or at least we made it to the NLCS. But, I I don't know. I think I think the Cardinal fans, the true Cardinal fans, are going to start getting really fed up, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw attendance numbers start to decline. And I think that that and the shortened games. I don't know if the card. Have you guys been reading? I think the interesting storyline right now. Um, have you guys been reading about the loss of revenue to beer sales uh, this year oh. because the games are shortened? No, I haven't heard about that. So well, because the sense. game. Yeah, because the games have been shortened um, and most stadiums do last call for alcohol around the seventh inning. So people have like an extra or like people are losing like a half hour, 45 minutes to drink beer. So um, stadiums were projected. I think I think the entire MLB like ownership was going to lose something like a billion dollars this year because of less beer sales at stadiums. And so certain, I know there's been like three or four teams this year already. I think it was the Brewers. Um, I, I know the Brewers were one of them. I forget the others, but um, they had extended out their alcohol sales to the eighth inning because they were losing money. And I think that, and if the Cardinals are bad and attendance drops, I think that might put some pressure on ownership. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like as much as I personally strive for for fan safety and, you know, the fans, because you know, there wouldn't be any sports if there weren't any fans. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, like, I understand moving the, the, like, the sales up to the eighth inning, but I don't know. It could cause a lot of problems, and yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I agree with your point. I mean, they they will, especially St. Louis, who is, which is like one of the biggest cities, like beer wise. um, I think you're right, and they could lose a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think we're going to move into the confidence meter now. Um, We're just going to go over a few players. and yeah so we're just gonna go into a little intermission right now and we'll be right back welcome back everybody um we're gonna do our confidence meter now um starting off with the first player i want to talk about is um Adam Wainwright, he just recently came back, uh, might be the leader that we are missing, uh, especially now that Albert and Yachty are gone. Um, seems like we need that veteran presence in there. 
Pitching-wise, um, he honestly didn't look that bad against the Tigers. I feel like the box score kind of it doesn't do him justice. Um, but I also would not give him a five, especially because he's older now. And he's, as Gerald said earlier, he's not an ace. And I don't think we should expect him to be an ace. Um, so, I, I don't know, maybe a three, right in the middle three for me. Uh, what you guys think? Yeah, um, me personally, I'm going to break this down to two categories. Um, so I'm going to say off the field, he's probably a four or a five just based off the fact that he can be a morale guy and help the pitchers with a lot of perspective. You know, our pitchers aren't very good. So him being able to help and him being a guy that's had success in his career, obviously a Hall of Famer. Um, I think that's a big presence in the clubhouse, like you said. but. On the field, I'm probably going to say like a three because he did have a good year last year. But, you know, I feel like the question always is with Wayno, like how long is he going to be able to sustain this with him being so old? And obviously this is his last season. So um, on the field, he's not really like a game changer for the starting rotation, but his presence is definitely valued. So overall, I'll probably say confidence meter-wise, I'll have him 3, 3.5. Uh, yeah, I'm with Gerald. I think we got to break this into two categories. I think he definitely um, can help uh, areas of the team um, sort of behind the scenes. Um, I think if they do end up sticking with Contreras or wanting to try Contreras again at catcher, I think he could definitely lean um, some insight into how to call a game um, a little bit better. And I think uh, also definitely with the pitchers, um, just trying to, how to manage a game. Um, so there, I'm, I'm with you guys, four or five. Um, but then I think from a pitching aspect, just him being so old, um, I don't know. What did he give up in a start? He gave up like eight hits in a start, didn't he? It's like game two of the Detroit series. Game one, or was it game two? I think it was game two. Oh god, hold on. Yeah, yeah, been, but, I mean, far. he only lit up four, so I mean that's yeah, what we expect now up. from our pitchers. Right. So I'm well. Yeah, that's a good point. So. I mean, eight hit, eight hits in five innings, four runs. Um, yeah, I'm getting that middle of the road. I think just because that's what we've come to expect from our pitching. So, yeah, I think like a three is very fair for him. All right, sounds good. Uh, I'm gonna throw something in real quick uh, away from the confidence meter. Uh, I just saw something that. We are having the fourth worst start in the season in franchise history, um, because I know Addison was talking about it, talking about yeah, his dad earlier. Uh, yeah, so 1903, we started 10 and 28. 1907, we started 10 and 28. 1925, we started th- we started 13 and 25, and then this year we started 13 and 25. So see, it wasn't even the 90s. This is a worse year than whatever the mid 90s team that my dad was talking about. So. Yeah, yeah, and like if we didn't go on this three win streak, we'd be tied for the worst start. But yeah, anyways, uh, moving on to the next player is 
somebody that kind of connects with Wainwright is Wilson Contreras, um, just because of the recent news of him getting moved away from catcher. Um, I want to get your guys' opinions on that. Um, uh, yeah, who wants Addison? You want to start us off with Contreras? Contreras? Um, am I am I giving confidence on him as a catcher or as an outfielder or uh, a DH? Well, catcher, uh, DH, and then if he does get put back to catcher. Um. Well, I'll tell you, and, and you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's fluky because you know people tend to do better when they're playing against their old team. You know, so, well, at least some guys get fired up for that. But I think he had a really good series against Chicago. Um, yeah. So you know, if that's indicative of what his bat's going to be for the next couple months or even the rest of the season, I think you know, three and a half, four for him. Um, and then from the catching side, I, I think if he can put in some time with Wayno, um, and like if he can really, you know, I mean, Wayno's not necessarily that Yachty would be the best guy to talk to about how to learning how to call a game. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know about him from the defensive side. And we always knew it was going to be a liability. And I guess we were just hoping that, um, it wouldn't be this bad, but um, I don't know. Catching defensive side, I give him like a two right now. For me, um, so I'm I kind of feel indifferent about this because as a DH, like I'm I'm pretty much behind you guys. Uh, his bat is pretty good. He's a fiery player. Um, he had a great series against the Cubs, and you know that's his former team. So to see him be fired up against them and the crowd was booing him and he was embracing it, I think that was good to see. But that's the type of player that he is, and he's also a very good hitter. So uh, on the DH side, I'm probably going to say three and a half, four for sure. But to me, on the catching side, I feel like he's taking a lot of blame for the for the pitching staff not being good, and I don't really think that's fair. Because, uh, you know, Cardinals fans are used to having a great defensive catcher. And, like, a catcher can definitely change a game. Obviously, we know that. But also, at the same time, your pitchers have to be good in order to play catch with the catcher. Like, And also, also, like, the catcher doesn't call the game. Like, some guys can call their own game. So, like, I, I remember after Flaherty had a bad outing, I don't know if it was the most recent one or the second most recent one, but he kind of, like, called out the catcher on, like, his, yeah. his his game calling and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you can call your own pitches. Like, you don't have to throw what Contreras says he suggests, you know. So, I don't know. I feel like he – the – the uh Fans are kind of being hard on him because he's not up to the level of Yachty, which is big shoes to fill. As yeah, we know. it's unfair. It's unfair for sure. Yeah, but we can't we can't give him all the blame because the pitchers haven't been good. So it's not like he's gonna make them good or like like he is the the main reason that they're the problem. Like the problem starts at them, but. Yeah, so with catching, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, 
Like, I'll be okay if he is the catcher. I'll be okay if he isn't. But there's things to like about his defense. He's athletic. He has a strong arm. He's just, I guess he isn't the best at framing or whatever. Or, like, his game calling isn't the best. But I don't know. I'm not as harsh as some Cardinals fan. I'm somewhere in the middle at three. Yeah, uh, I'd have to agree. Uh, DH-wise, I think I'd give him a four uh, just because he is just a hitter. He's he's a good hitter. Um, I would yeah. not take a, anything away from him from that, even though he started the season out slow. That's not him. Um, I think that's a big part on why we got him also, just because Yachty was struggling so much offensively. We wanted somebody to take over that. Um, yeah. But I think knowing, like, from what I see about Wilson and what I read about Wilson – um, he's a fighter, and I don't think he easily gives up on anything, and I fully expect him to get back to his catcher position. I fully do. Uh, yeah. And I'd love to see him back, uh, honestly. I mean, that's what we got him for. That's what we paid the big big bucks for, for him to play catcher. Um, uh, yeah, for catcher, I'd give him a four, too. Like, I just... I, he needs time, I feel like, especially because the Cardinals are so used to winning. It's just has taken pretty much all the blame it seems like and yeah to kind of to kind of like uh bring all of our points together like we gave him a five-year 87 million dollar contract and one month into that contract we're already moving him away from his primary position like that 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 sorted to me is a reflection of where the front office is right now like kind of don't have a direction with like what they want to do with the players because we're seeing like for a while we saw in the season where players were just playing everywhere. Like the outfield was like a shuffle of cards every night. And like Tommy Edmond was platooning at one point. So I don't know. It's just, it's just a lot of stuff going wrong in the organization, but you know, just got to hope that things can get turned around. Yeah. Um, well, talking about catcher position, um, our third player in the confidence meter is Andrew Kishner. Um, um, yeah, uh, Gerald, I'll let you start off with this one. Oh, wait, kids. Um, I would say, I would say uh, he's doing pretty good as of late. He uh, has had some clutch and timely. Hold on. He's had some clutch and timely hits. Um, um, his his defense is like okay or whatever, but he's been in the organization, so I think that's good. But with kids, I kind of think we know what we expect from kids, so I'm gonna say like a two or a three, just based on that because we know he's not gonna be like a game changer for our team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. As that's kind of why I want Contreras to get back to his catcher position just so kind of saves us from having to watch Kishner uh, bat as much as he is good defensively um, but I mean he's turned up in this this month of May he's in 24 at bats he has seven hits which is 292 hitting um, but the bad part is his on base percentage is also 292 because he just does not walk at all um, so yeah, I mean personally, I'd have to give him a three, maybe two and a half, just because I've never been high on Kishner. 
Um, yeah. Also, like, just think about it. If we have Contreras at the catcher, that's like a great hitting catcher. And then we can have someone else slot in the lineup and maybe do a little bit better. But, um, yeah, they, they've been trying to see what, like, uh, what the pitchers look like with Kisner in the game instead of Contreras. But last night, the Cub the Cubs got 10 runs on the pitching. So I don't really feel like it's Contreras' fault. But uh, if, if they want to use Kisner in a bigger role, I guess. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, I'm coming around to Kiz um, a little bit. Like, I, I never thought he was our answer to Yachty retiring. Um, but I, I definitely think he's, like, a good second option or, you know, if if they end up liking his um, game calling more than Contreras, then you know, I, I, think, I think he deserves a fair shot. Um, I don't necessarily think his offensive production is going to be um, where uh, Contreras is. But um, I think, like I think Gerald was saying, um, timely hits from Kisner um, yeah. recently, and you know, I, I think he's actually been somewhat of a bright spot. So I'm feeling like three and a half, four for him. Yeah, when you when you have a catcher that can come up and just uh, he's been at the bottom of the lineup for the Cardinals, so you have a catcher like that that can come up and get like a a double, and I think he hit one off the yeah. wall. He had a game where he had two doubles. Uh, yeah, the bats, the bats kind of been there lately. But uh, yeah, we'll see if we can if he can sustain it because that's the one thing that he has struggled with in his career is the bat. Yeah, um, I think. No, go ahead. I, sorry, I think um, baseball has changed too, where like it's not you know, the old days where you needed your catcher to be like a Mike Piazza and hit you 30 home runs a year. Like, I think if your catcher's batting 240, 250 and just getting on and driving in runs, you know, with singles and doubles, I think I think that's a pretty good offensive production for a catcher today. So, you know, um, yeah, that's, that was my yes. final thought on that. Yeah, overall, there's just not too many guys in the MLB at the catcher position that are above league average offensively. So definitely having a catcher that could uh, bring something to the table offensively is a, it's a luxury for sure. Yeah. Um, lastly, moving on to uh, Zach Thompson, who he recently got sent down um, – to the triple a i believe um because he is going to get turned into uh, a starter um i was i mean at first when i did see he got sent down i didn't know why so i was kind of shocked about it because he was one of our best pitchers but now that i know he's getting turned into a starter um i don't really know what to think um i've never personally seen him as a starter or go very long in, in 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 games, so I don't really know how to feel about it. So I'd yeah. give him a three, maybe, just because I I don't know much. I don't know. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's kind of a a reflection of what's been going on with the team lately. A lot of questionable moves. Um, Zach Thompson was one of our best lefties out of the bullpen. So to 
sent him down. Um, it's kind of questionable, but like you said, he's being turned into a starter. I do like the idea of that. Um, I think when he was first coming up as a prospect, he was a starter. So I um, think he has that ability, but, you know, we'll see what it looks like at the major league level. But like like we said, he was one of our best arms, so I didn't really understand it. But confidence in him being a starter, probably a three or a four, just because I like him as a player. Um, yeah, I I actually feel like his pitching ability gives me four in confidence. Um, I'm just hoping yeah. that we don't screw things up and overwork him. I hope he's up to yeah. being a starter, even if if he's going to start games. You know, you know, if, and if you have to pull him in like the fifth or something, you know, just because his arm can't go that long. Um, you know, I think that'll be fine, but I'm hoping they don't try and push him too much. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't want to see his career get affected because we worked him too hard. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I know on the show before I said that I like the Tampa Bay Rays and their philosophies that they do, and they kind of, uh, I don't know if they still do it because they have some good starters, but I remember a few years ago they used to do like an opener for like their starters um, where like a guy would come out and face the lineup like one time through. So maybe he can be that type of guy or maybe they really do try to extend him out. But um, yeah, I like watching him pitch. I think he's a very good pitcher. So I'm excited to see what he can do with the opportunity. Yeah, I, I, The Cardinals used to do something like that. They call it bullpen night. And it's like you have a guy come out like, if you had to have a guy on short rest or something, you have him come out and pitch, like, three innings, and then you just run through the levers like yeah. crazy. Um, but I'm not opposed to that philosophy at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Our starters ain't doing it. So maybe maybe we should try that out. All right. So um, that's going to wrap up our confidence meter segment. Um we're just going to go into a little intermission and finish off with uh, looking forward to our Boston Red Sox series. So we'll be right back. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the final stretch of our episode. Uh, we're just going to look forward to this series starting tomorrow. Uh, well, today, because the episode comes out on Friday. Um, yeah. So, we got Wainwright against Paxton. Um, I'm actually super high on the Red Sox series just because their pitching isn't very good at all. Um, yeah. They got Paxton Sale and, Clu- and Corey Kluber going up against us in the three games, and all of them have above six ERA. Um yeah, I feel I'm pretty high on this series, especially coming off of the series win against Chicago. I feel like this we could bounce back and get on a good foot so we can have a good series against the Milwaukee after the Red Sox. What do you guys think? Now, to, um, before I start, are we playing in their stadium? Yeah, we're at Fenway. Okay. Now we're in Fenway. Yeah, so, so um, 
the the thing about the Cardinals, um, I think we played Boston like last year or two years ago, and I I like the way that we played them at Fenway. Um, obviously having guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt, the right handers that can hit it over the Green Monster, is good. But uh, yeah, like you said, I'm a, I'm excited for this series. Their their pitching hasn't been good. Uh, Chris Sale hasn't been himself. Same for Corey Kluber and Paxson. He's been all right in his career, but uh. Yeah, I'm I'm high on the series too. What you think, Addison? Um, you know, I'm not holding my breath on anything. I mean, Boston is one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league right now. I mean, they are really having a down a uh, couple of years at it. Um, you know, I hope I hope we beat them. But even even winning the series, I don't even know if that's like a good win. Like that, that's just something that you should win. So, but um, if we if we do come out of this series and win, I think it can be a huge momentum builder. I think I th- definitely, definitely, it's a momentum thing. But you know, I'm not putting too much weight into winning this uh, this series because it's something that they should win. So, um, yeah, you know, you. obviously, the worst case scenario is losing. If you're losing to Boston, then we've got serious issues, and next week's episode will be fantastic. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got super high hopes on Arenado, especially. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good series because last year he definitely played very good against uh, Boston, uh, the Boston Red Sox, okay. just because he just hits it so far up into the, into the yeah, sky. And he pulls yeah, and he's it. a pull hitter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also think we could see uh, guys like Edmund. And, well, I guess they're going against lefties in Chris Sale. Um, but I think you see our guys from the left-handed side also have a lot of success because of the short porch. Yeah, I, I love, personally, as a Cardinals fan, I love when the other team has a lefty on the mound because I know our guys can hit lefties really well. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, but I think I think Kluber, you might see Kluber get uh, hit on by like Edmund and Donovan and Gorman and Newbar more because yeah. he they're all going to be batting left on the left side and um, they got that short short uh, wall over there in uh, yeah, right they- field. The dimensions of their field is crazy, but it's one of the most, like, when you think of baseball, you really think of a Fenway, in my opinion. Like, just, it screams baseball when you see the field because of how long Fenway has been around. So, yeah, I'm excited for this series, honestly. Yeah. So, high hopes for the future, especially now that we're winning. Uh, I mean, getting first win in seven games was huge. Um, especially for my happiness. Um, so yeah, uh, this is going to wrap up our second episode of the week. Um, we should be going back to weekly episodes. Um, it will not be a normal occurrence of us not posting an episode, uh, every week. So yeah. Um, thank you guys for joining me again for the second time this week, um, to talk some baseball. Yeah, it was a pleasure. All right, well, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in, Um, and yeah, goodbye.